Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Good morning, church. Well, this is weird to be speaking to you from home instead of at ABC. But how amazing that we can do this, thanks to the technology and the hard work and inventiveness of our techno-savvy people. Let's start this part of the service with prayer adapted from Lectio 365, which is a daily app from 24-7 prayer. And I, and I know several other folks in the church, have been finding very helpful. Let's pray. As we open the word now, we pause to be still, to breathe slowly, to recentre our scattered senses upon the presence and the word of God. Eternal friend, you are our ever-present help in times of trouble. Speak with us now as we spend this time with you. May your presence be peace to us, your promise fuel faith in us, and your purpose be fulfilled in us throughout the days to come. Let's turn to our Bibles now, to Philippians chapter 2, and beginning to read at verse 5. That's Philippians 2, beginning to read at verse 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticise you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. May God bless the reading of his word. So here is Paul writing to the Philippians from lockdown in house imprisonment, wishing he could be there in person, 
but determined not to let that hinder his work for Christ among his churches. Despite Paul's situation under arrest, he hasn't been sitting back and doing nothing until his situation is resolved. Instead, he's still ministering, still encouraging, still intent on being an ambassador for Christ. I usually start the day with the daily readings and prayers from Falder Brennan, and there's always a psalm. Psalm 135 in the Passion Translation begins, Shout hallelujah and praise the greatness of God. All his godly lovers praise him. All you worshipping priests on duty in the temple, praise him, for he is beautiful. And as I read that psalm last week, those words, worshipping priests on duty, jumped out at me. Just because we may be shut in, just because things are difficult, we, as a priesthood of all believers, as carriers of God's presence by the Holy Spirit living in us, are still on duty. Last autumn, I was at the Heal the Land conference at the Royal Welsh Showground at Bilth, and the speaker, Andreas Keller, spoke of how when praying for his church and his ministry, which was to do with praying healing for the land, God had prompted him with the words, press the reset button. In other words, stop everything, look at where you are and go back to the beginning. And I've heard those words, press the reset button or the reset button has been pressed many times over these last few weeks. Because strangely now, the reset button has been pressed. All kinds of things now, including church, has suddenly stopped. We can no longer meet up on a Sunday. Our buildings are closed. We can't have our normal meetings. All the things we took for granted have ceased and we're having to find new ways of doing things. And we are finding new and ingenious ways of being church. The internet is proving a blessing. We can join in not only with our own churches, but with churches all over the world. I've been to Gateway, Victory, Bethel Reading in the USA and Bronith Maur, to name a few. I've visited Spring Harvest online, which has been changed to Harvest Home this year, and I've joined in worldwide prayer meetings and round the world simultaneous shofar sounding, as well as joining in our own church services. And if we can't make normal service time, well, we can catch up later. We've had beautiful daily meditations from Misha, and there's a wealth of material for young and old out there for us to access, and that's just church. We're finding a whole internet of possibilities to try so that our days can actually be filled without leaving our living rooms. And that's why I like that prayer that we began with, which speaks of our scattered senses needing to be recentered. What is God saying to us through all this? Psalm 46 verse 18 says, Be still and know that I am God. And Psalm 27 verse 8 says, 
my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. There's a danger that the sheer profusion of stuff that is coming in through our phones and our laptops and the television and all the stress and the anxiety of the situation will take us away, distract us from this opportunity to get back in tune with God, to deepen and strengthen our relationship with him. I keep hearing those verses from 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. I heard that the Chinese word for crisis is made up of two symbols, the symbol for danger and the symbol for opportunity. The world is in a very dangerous, deadly situation at this time. But as God's people, we have been given an opportunity. An opportunity to deepen our relationship with God, to be still, to be quiet, to be in the word, to pray. Now I'm speaking here from my own perspective with a quiet house and a garden to enjoy, which I give thanks for every day. It's not so easy to be still in a confined space with children and family members around. It's not easy to juggle work commitments and family responsibilities in these different difficult times. But I'm reminded of John Wesley's mother, Susanna, who had 19 children and would insist on her quiet time with God each day, sitting in her kitchen with her voluminous apron over her head to show she was unavailable and in her God space. This strange time is an opportunity to draw closer to God and to be strengthened in his word. I found that using Lectio 365 is just one way to be still, to recenter, and focus on God and what he wants to say to us. It's also an opportunity to demonstrate practically the love of God for those we are in contact with. Because of the situation, I seem to have been in contact with more people than usual in a short space of time. And in those phone calls and messages, there have been God-given opportunities to pray for people and tell them that they are being prayed for. One particular young man that I asked for prayer for on our church Facebook page had an amazing answer to prayer um, and was saved from having to have a very serious and life-threatening um, operation. And I just give thanks for the opportunity that I was given to pray for him. On a practical level, we are seeing the churches mobilising, things like our own food bank, continuing to get food to vulnerable people, despite not being able to have clients coming to church. Gateway Church is doing a great job with cooking and delivering over a 100 hot meals every day. And I know that other churches are also providing meals and helping with shopping. All kinds of loving acts are going on. 
the church has been unleashed. It's out of the building and God is using his church to do what it was originally intended to do, to make a difference, to be out there, to be demonstrating the love of Jesus and the confident hope we have in him. Jesus calls his followers to make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it's in these loving acts of service, done in his name, in a time when everyone is looking for hope, that we are introducing people to the one who is the hope of the nations, showing his love through our care. As Paul declares in Colossians 1 verse 28, Christ is our message. Mike said last week in his sermon on suffering that Romans 8.28 says, We know that God causes everything to work together for good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Well, across the world, good things are happening. And significantly, because of this situation, people are turning to God. In the USA, Bibles are flying off the shelves. There are empty sections in shops where Bibles have sold out. Google reports that there have been unprecedented numbers of searches for prayer and prayer-related topics. People are looking for answers, searching for help, looking for comfort, and we know where they can find it, in the person of Jesus. The church, no longer confined to our separate buildings, is coming together for worship and prayer. In our church, our recent monthly prayer meeting, which had to be held via Facebook this month, was much better attending than when we usually meet in church. And it was a special and powerful time of prayer, all of us praying from our own homes, but joined together in the unity of the Spirit. Members are out in the community, providing meals, shopping for neighbours and finding ways to be a blessing. And those not locked down and confined to home are contacting others, writing letters, sending messages and above all, praying. Remember Psalm 135, which spoke of those worshipping priests on duty. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8, the basic duties of a priest are set out. First, the great privilege of carrying the Ark of the Covenant. For us, in the light of Jesus, his death on the cross and his resurrection, that means that we carry the very presence of God within us through the Holy Spirit. The next duty is to stand before the Lord as his ministers. In other words, to be available for whatever the Lord wants us to do, be it worship, a must at all times, prayer or practical service. And thirdly, to pronounce blessings in his name, to declare the favour and the love of God over all those we meet. So as those priests on duty, we are the ones who can demonstrate the love of Jesus in our families and our communities. Whether we are shut in on our own 
or coping with caring for family, working from home or doing essential, vital work and putting ourselves at risk for the sake of others, we can be salt and light. I heard someone say in a talk recently that salt makes you thirsty. Who can we make thirsty for more of what we have, the love of Jesus? Listen again to part of what we heard Paul speaking to the Philippians in chapter 2, writing from his place of imprisonment from lockdown, and this time in the Passion Translation, just the end section. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalise you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, faultless and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. You will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. And then he goes on to say, I haven't laboured among you for nothing, for your lives are the fruit of my ministry. All of the teaching and encouraging that we've received from our ministers, our house groups, our church lives, indeed our walk with God up to now, have been building us up, preparing us for this unprecedented time. How are we using it? How are we standing in our faith when we can't do what we would normally be doing? Like Esther, maybe we have been prepared for such a time as this. So as worshipping priests, still on duty despite lockdown, despite the situation, let us be as salt and light, those who carry God's presence. Let us be those who are taking this opportunity to first minister to God, deepening our relationship with him, and then being available, reaching out to serve those he puts on our hearts in whatever way we're able. And let us be those who pronounce blessing in the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you can use us wherever we are in all kinds of ways. May we as your church be salt and light for our families, our neighbours and our communities in whatever way we can. Just as Paul, from prison, was able to encourage his churches, may we be an encouragement and a blessing through this time. And as we lift up the name of Jesus and continue to worship and pray, may others be drawn to him and the hope that he gives to all who would put their faith and trust in him. In Jesus' name. Amen.
God bless you all. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.